This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon, I'm Leon Davis, along with Warren Harper, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment. It's 2 p.m. Saturday, April the 9th, and thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. How you doing, my brother? I am happy to be here, and I'm okay. Very good. That's good to hear. I'm okay. So I think um, yesterday, no, it was, okay, so I think yesterday, yes, yesterday, we had a discussion about... Uh, the young lady who was um, an influencer and she had all the plastic surgery and stuff. And I wasn't looking for this article. So you, you have to go, if you want to, you, the listener, have you know want to understand that whole conversation, you'll have to go back and listen to yesterday's. But uh, so I wasn't even looking for this article and it just popped up today as I was doing my normal um creating my um, uh, Chiron underneath. And the article uh, is titled, actually it's from the same same place where we got yesterday's uh, discussion from. But anyway, the article is titled, Models Who Are Too Beautiful for Love Unite to Cry, It's Out of My Control. So, uh, The article starts, a growing number of models and social media influencers claim they are being penalized for being too beautiful, resulting in them repeatedly getting rejected from dating apps and accusations of catfishing and intimidating dates. Now, while most people put up their best faces uh, on those apps, these packs of beauties claim that is exactly what is keeping them from finding lovers. Talia Paris, a 24-year-old Playboy model, claims Bumble removed her profile despite her protest, her protestations that her photos didn't break guidelines. She says she was on the app for just a few hours before her pictures, you know, after posting her pictures, before they, her profile was removed, uh, even though the, fo- the photos that she posted were just normal photos. She alleges that Uh, They removed her pictures because she was too beautiful. Wow. (laughs) So I don't want a picture. Huh? You told us all that and you didn't have a picture? I didn't put up her picture. Hold on a second. Maybe maybe I maybe I can show I I don't know if if I have her picture. Yeah, here's one. I'll show her picture. She it's just her in a bikini. Yeah, we we gotta put a vote in on this. Put a vote in on this. Yeah, I mean they—that's they kicked her off. That was kind of brutal, but makes you want to know why. Uh, it's gonna take too long for me to set that up. Okay, well don't worry. I'll check. Yeah, I'll it's gonna take it. too long for me to set that up. Right, so anyway, and 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 the only reason I I, I brought that up is, um, there are a couple of things about that article that really jumped out at me, and one is, again. And we've talked about this in, in previous episodes, in a previous episode, where companies are making judgment calls on what is allowable material and what is not. Uh-huh. So if her material met their guidelines, under what premise are they now removing it, removing her material? And if, if, if the fact that she was only up for a few hours. There's pos- there's a possibility that they're using that the um, uh, companies are using um, an algorithm an algorithm mm-hmm. to to do that rather than having someone actually evaluate what's going on there, and is that fair to her, or is that fair to people that that they don't get a more nuanced evaluation of their their content well people are always complaining about algorithms discriminating and not being fair in certain situations so i'm not surprised there 
Right. I, but yeah, but I, but that's one of the things that jumped out at me. And then, and then the other one was, um, part of the discussion was about, um, uh, enhancements and, and, and do they drive certain uh, expectations within our society? And I'm not saying that, that she was enhanced. Um, but again, you know, we're, we're dealing with this concept of beautiful beauty. And, and so how do you determine if somebody's too beautiful? What does that mean? Uh, that's pretty, uh, that's going to be pretty subjective. It's extremely so, subjective. Yeah, it's pretty suggestive, but you know, they, I, I think they get a lot of complaints about people that are doing all this Photoshopping and touching up the photos to the point where, you know, you meet the girl and you don't look nothing like the picture, you know, <laughs> or, guy. or, or guy. You, you know, so <laughs> okay. I, I can see, I can see the reason for uh, trying to avoid that or discourage that, you know, okay. I don't know. People just need to be real and honest. But, but, but that is, you know, that's a, that's an interesting comment. And, and I, I with you, I just think, um, what is real, real, you know, there are people who are, um, you know, when you talk to them, you, you just don't think that they are, that they're putting on a front or that they're, you know, there's something going on behind them. And that just me, there may be their personality. So, so what is real? You know, I, I, I know that's a bit, uh, kind of, you know, way out there as far as thinking things through everybody kind of has an idea of what is real is, you know, if you're being honest to yourself and true to yourself, but we, as, uh, as citizens and we, as people often wear masks as a part of our day, you know, um, somebody cuts us off. And instead of, you know, throw, flashing them the finger or being angry about it, we, we simply go, okay, and move on. But that's a mask because we really want to jump out of the car and bash their face in. <laughs> right. And so, Maybe. and Maybe. so what is real, you know, and, and, and I know that's a bit theoretical and it's kind of out there. So, so I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I know I, I can be that way sometimes, but you know, but I, I agree. I, it would be nice if we at least were able to accept that, you know, people are different and, you yeah. know, be more accepting and be more understanding. Um, and, and then, you know, the, the situation of this young lady is trying to, she, she's obviously trying to build something with her looks. Uh, well, okay. So she, she's tried to build something with her looks. And then she's tried to date because for whatever reason, she's uh, not met someone. And right now the electronic sources are becoming the way people uh, get into contact with each other. Mm -hmm. And so then to be, you know, to have such access given to her prior when she was trying to make her uh, profile higher, and then when she's trying to um, use it to better her life, then to have her efforts to raise her profile then become the source of um, uh, a roadblock in her trying to, um, you know, better her personal situation. Um, I, that's got to sting like crazy. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, you could get your feelings hurt. You could be offended. So I think the key in that scenario is just trying to find a balance to where you're looking your best without, you know, um, signaling the wrong thing to the algorithm. I mean, <laughs> you, know, you you want to look human. <laughs> Let's yeah. put it like that. Let's, yeah, but, let's but, look human. But but we just had that conversation and you were telling me about expectations and the need to adjust for us to adjust, adjust 
to expectations instead of adjusting expectations to us. Well, you can't tell a person what to, uh, another person what to uh, expect, and it goes both ways. So it, it's, it's a give and a take. All right. It's a two way conversation. All right. So today's show was about, um, so I, I gave that an opportunity. Uh, but I did want to just mention that I did put the link in the, in the um, show notes so you can go down and read the article for full. Um, anyway, uh, so there was a, um, a couple, a gay couple that wanted to have a child and they wanted to do it using in, in vitro fertilization. So they took one of the, the partner's eggs and um, went to a, um, an IVF clinic to get it fertilized, and then the egg was implanted, and they specifically wanted a girl. Right. Now I'm gonna. Uh, so I'll come back to the reason for the girl in a minute. So they found out that, you know, after I think it was 15 weeks of pregnancy, and she went into the hospital because she had some, some issues she found out that she was carrying a boy. Now the news of that sent her into a deep depression and there were issues surrounding that. And eventually they are suing the IVF clinic because the IVF clinic promised her that she could have a girl. Right. And now she's in, and now she has a boy. Um, I think you have to, there, there's a lot more to the story than what I've just given you in that brief few moments. There's a lot more to it. So you have to read the article. And of course I put the link in the show notes. Um, my concern or you know, thoughts that impacted me primarily were first were, um, the, the one carrying the child had been assaulted on two separate occasions previously. And those assaults and what they believe is the culture of manhood in, in society, they didn't feel the comfortable that they could properly raise a, a son mm. to avoid the pitfalls of what they consider I guess, toxic masculinity. And, and one of the things that I thought was, um, so, so that led me to the idea that not all men are rapists, not all men are overly aggressive, not all men, um, exhibit that type of behavior. And so, to, to attribute that type of behavior to man, to maleness, and to, is, I think, a disservice to a lot of men because it, it then pushes the idea that all men are the same and all men's behavior is the same. And at, at any given time, every man will be, quote, unquote, fit this idea of manhood. And so that well, I don't think that's what they're they're saying for the public. That's just a um, a preference in this uh, particular situation because of a trauma that occurred. I don't think that should that whole idea should be extended to the whole gender from that. So one if situation. she didn't, well, okay. So let, let's examine that. So let's say she she wasn't extending it to the gender. So she was, uh, but, well, but the entire entirety of the gender. Well, I mean, okay. So, so, so she's saying she couldn't, if she wasn't extending it to the entirety of the gender, the, the, the gender, if she wasn't extending it to the entirety of manhood, then, then my, my question would be why so against raising a male child? Because, well, because I, yeah, if you go ahead. I think her personal trauma, number one, she's gay, 
Number two, she's been personally traumatized more than once. Now, I'd like to know if she was gay before the original trauma, because sometimes things like that can bring out certain uh, internal things in a person as far as gender identity. But I don't think that the fact that she does not want to, they don't want to raise a male child should be held against them because that's their situation. That's, that's, that's a unique couple. And, and if it's not illegal, I don't see a problem with it. Okay. So, so you said held against them and I, and I don't want to highlight that. I, I want to say that I think what you meant is that to attribute to them specifically that they were anti-men um, sh should be attributed to them. And so my concern is, or, or my, my thoughts on that is you, you have a situation where a woman has exper experienced trauma from um, rape and rape is a, it is not a crime of passion. It is a crime of violence. That is what, yep. You know, I tend to believe. I understand that there is, uh, it, it is uh, set in a sexual or um, uh, uh, intimacy type context, but it is still perpetrating violence. Or, you know, in in this in the case of, let's say, I don't know if she was unconscious, and and the person had sex with her, so it wasn't um, necessarily where you know, she feared for her life or, or, or that level of trauma. And I don't want to try to say that one is more traumatic than the other, but I'm just saying, you know, I, I can recognize that, uh, um, that, that having that fear adds a, a level of complexity to the situation. So, um, I don't know uh, what kind of trauma that she's experienced, but because uh, Anana, and so and so, trying to be uh, have a great conversation and make sure that I'm not using um, ideas that don't fit or that give the wrong impression. I've kind of lost my place, so I, I'm going to go backwards. Um, so, so one of the things that you said was, um, that she was applying it to all men. Uh, okay. I don't forgot. Anyway. Uh, so the situation I think is she's, she's shown that her trauma extends to the point of where it impacts what kind of child she wants to have. Right. In that situation, if that trauma extends to that point, is she going to pass that kind of trauma onto her offspring? Because, because if you have that much trauma to where it impacts you that much, uh-huh. Is it possible you're going to pass that off onto your offspring, boy, girl, whatever? Well, that's hard to say because we don't know what inside the relationship or just with her own self, how she externally expresses things. You know, I, I know it's got to be internal because she's been traumatized and she feels a certain way, but how she expresses externally, uh, we just don't know. And I think that would determine how she would rate, how she would raise her child or children. It's hard to say. Well, I, I think, I think we have, so if you read the article, if you read, if you read through the article, mm -hmm. you clearly get a sense of how traumatic her um, reticence is to m malehood. 
Okay. It's not casual. You know, she, she, she goes on about how, because it was a boy, she felt like it was alien in her body. Uh-huh. That's, that's not casual trauma. That's, that's some serious level of trauma. Okay. Yeah. So in, in a case that to that degree, do you think maybe it was a wise choice to want to have a girl? Um, and so, and so that was one of the, the things that I, I brought up is that whatever child, she, whatever kind of child she had, a boy or a girl, uh-huh. or, you know, if you, if you're, if you're adding in all of the LGBTQ, if you, you know, if she had a, a child that was non-binary, uh-huh. um, it's still something that she could pass on to her child because that trauma obviously has not been resolved. I'm not saying that if she goes and gets help for the trauma, that that's going to change. Necess- I believe that there's going to be a change that, that, that she may come to terms with her own trauma in such a way that she doesn't project it onto everything around her, but it's clear she projected it onto this pregnancy. Right. Yeah, I, I understand it. And so if yeah. she's projected it onto this pregnancy, there's a, I think, a better than even chance that she's going to project it onto the development of her children. And that could be that could be quite the possibility. We, we just don't know until something occurs to show that that has happened. And so and so I I. My con- my concern, what did I say concern, my um, taking up the issue was, you know, we clearly have a, a, a situation and we can't go in t- to everybody's life and determine if they are fit enough uh-huh. to be parents or to function well in society. Right. But what we have clearly here is a situation. I say clearly, someone else says, eh, in the margins. <laughs> I, we have a situation where probably for the sake of all of the people involved, there could there needed to be some level of... Um, I don't want to say intervention because then you go, you know, you, you, how do you insert yourself into somebody's life when they didn't ask for help? Um, but, but maybe, um, I, I really, the, and the tough thing is, so <laughs> if we, if we have more of these, more situations like this, and I, I don't know how many situations like this there are, but you know, this one came out. If, if we have a, a, a growing, start to have a growing number, is there, is there need to step in and say, um, like on some procedures, you have to have counseling before you have them on, in okay. some medical instances, you have to have counseling before you enter into it, or at least it's offered. And so is that something that we should consider in cases like this? You know, you know, if this is an if this is a one off, then of course we we blow it off and we keep moving. But if are we you don't speaking about in vitro or are you speaking about childbirth in general? Well, I'm talking about you know, people doing things, um, having um procedures mm-hmm. and there may be a possibility that uh, that there may be some need for uh, counseling prior to having that that procedure done. Well, I you know, I don't know what the laws and the re- regulations are, but I'm pretty sure that they do have some people, some medical 
authorities overseeing that process when you go in to, to get the in vitro? I'm sure they get interviewed, they get asked questions and that type of thing. Now, how detailed and how deep they go, well, that's, a, that's another story. But it sounds like you, you might be pushing for some more uh, thorough examination. Is that what you're thinking? Well, I'm, I'm not pushing. I'm saying let's if we if we having a number you, you can't solve a problem until you've identified the problem right this situation to me is a red flag it says there's a potential that there's some unaddressed uh, trauma that could continue to ripple through society and so how do we heal society do we just leave it up to every individual to recognize that they have trauma that needs to be addressed? Or do we try to reach out to people who have trauma, who don't strive to uh, have that trauma addressed? You know, what is our responsibility as a society to help people that either need help and won't reach out and get it or people that want help and can't get it? Well, as every, just everyday regular citizens, we don't have a whole lot of authority or, or power to uh, intervene in somebody else's personal life like that, unless it's a crisis you see and you want to call a hotline or something like that. Like I said, when she goes to the clinic and presents, uh, this history is pre presented, that's the time for examination, but you, you just can't go around labeling people for things that you have no idea could occur or you thinking potential hazards everybody's got potential hazards you know how, how do you how do you determine in advance whether there's going to really be a problem and that's by by recognizing that there are potential flags mm -hmm. and monitoring that and then if those flags become problems then we know we have a problem that needs to be addressed okay but but, what, but if we don't, case, but if you, a problem. okay, so, so you have a tendency to, to, to give the individual carte blanche to do whatever they want to do. And the system doesn't get involved to help that we don't help each other as citizens. And so what I'm saying well, is, is that we have to, we, who, who are we referring to? What do you mean? We, who are we referring to? You're talking about to individual citizens. We we're we're a society of people who help a society of people, and so if we don't recognize that there are problems that need to be addressed, mm -hmm. then we can't address those problems. And even though the problem is yours specifically, whatever problem you have it impacts the rest of society. And so, and so my thought is if, if, if the things that are happening in your life are going to spread, then we as society do have to take measures to make sure that, um, that we protect everyone involved. We can't just leave it to the individual to know what's right to do all the time and just say, well, we'll just deal with it once it becomes a problem. Well, I mean, I think when you get to that point where you're talking about interfering with. Who said it's interference? Why do you call it interference? If there's no problem, if the problem hasn't occurred, just because you think there's a problem, what can you do? What, what what action can you take? Okay, so if if we see that this situation, that, that there's a potential here, that um, we start to uh, have people uh, uh, getting children because they have uh, um, unaddressed trauma and, and they could pass that trauma on, then society then can take steps to try to mitigate that trauma before it starts to become generational. Well, at this point, 
how many cases like this are being identified? How often is this happening? I'm not sure. Okay, so what is it that you're trying to accomplish when your questions? Okay, so you you keep saying we as a society should take actions, but when do you take actions on you're talking we're talking about one case? Should somebody be looking at this woman and, and taking action or what can society do? Okay, so so I kind of addressed that like ten minutes ago. And I said, we need to at least capture that this has happened to okay. see if a pattern develops. You don't remember me saying that? Well, who's going to be responsible for that? Whose job is that? It's it's everybody's job. We're, we're all in this together. But I, I'm not, I don't have any idea how, where this is happening. I don't know anything about this. What are you, who are you? If you're out there taking notes, watching these things, who do you report it to? Okay. If you see something you think is a problem in this scenario, who do you report report it to? Who's okay. taking so the then, notes? So then, so so now we've identified that this is a, a potential problem. That there's some unaddressed trauma here. Uh-huh. And so she went to the in vitro fertilization clinic uh-huh. and, and she filed suit. Right. So at least we know that a point of contact is IVF. Yeah. In vitro fertilized cl- fertilization clinic. So as you just mentioned, she had to fill out some forms and stuff. So we see that there's a potential problem. We don't know how many people have experienced this. So we ask the IVF clinics at a box or in your notes, make note of people that you think may be um, uh, have unaddressed uh, un, um, trauma. And let's see if we can start capturing this information to see if there is a pro- bigger problem that we need to address as a society. Okay. So the hospital, the hospital, she, so she went to the hospital. She went to, um, uh, her, 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 uh, um, um, her baby doctor, uh, pediatrician. I want, I knew podiatrist wasn't, the right answer. No, that's so. So, <laughs> she went to her pediatrician. So we asked pediatricians, you know, um, keep track of this, and then we capture that information. Then we capture that information, and we have a way to then understand. And this is not. There's no interference in anybody's life here. Yeah. It's identifying problem, the potential problems. And, 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 and allowing the situation, I just don't, I don't, I am not for a complete hands-off, we don't help each other society, where it's your issue and you deal with it. Uh-huh. That's, well, I'm there just are not medical for that. boards in, in this situation that review these cases, I believe. I, and I, believe I don't know. I, I see that. So, so I understand that there are things that uh, that I don't know about that process, but it, it is interesting in this article that none of that is um, brought up. So it is a news article. So the news company found this worthy of being reported, and it's quite possible that they didn't do all the other background to say um, there's a there's an an interest here. But as a, um, as a citizen, I look at this and I go, hmm, th- there are some things that, that need to be addressed here that I think need to be addressed. Now, I could start calling around IVF clinics and say, uh, is that, you know, are you doing this kind of uh, testing and that kind of stuff? Uh-huh. But sometimes, you know, there are guests who have that information. I don't, everybody doesn't have that information. They don't have it at their, their fingertips. And so by having conversations, we could spread information. We can share that information. So if somebody was on here that knew if that was happening or if that was, 
uh, you know, if, 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 if those kinds of information is already being captured, they would just say that. But we don't have a staff big enough to do all of the necessary uh, uh, background checks and, and information chase downs. Uh-huh. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be able to talk about it. Sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, people as citizens come together with when they have common interests uh, like like this scenario, you know, and they form organizations and groups, you know, watchdog groups, and they go out and protest when they see things that uh, are going on that they don't like and they disagree with. Uh, they do what they feel is necessary to uh, bring, get the information out and bring attention to it and try to make change even. I just don't see where this particular case has gotten enough attention right now to for uh, any sort of mass movement. Uh, I, I I have no idea. Okay, so so I'm I'm I'm, I'm okay okay. I don't but know. You can be an independent investigator and get on it and say, hey. I I I. Okay, I, I'm not saying. Make- that- I'm not saying that there's a need for a mass movement. I don't know if there's, if there's more than one case of this, or if this is the only case I'm saying it was a news article. I I picked it up. Um, I saw some issues. I wanted to talk about those issues, give people an opportunity to uh, examine those issues and see if there's needs, there needs to be more done or if somebody has got information, that they can share that says, hey, you really shouldn't worry about that. That's already being handled. Right, right. Yeah, well, at this point, we don't know, though, do we? Because we, this is our first time even discussing this scenario, and it's an interesting case, but I don't know. I have no idea how big of an issue this is outside of this, this particular woman and her partners or, um, you know, outside of their own little world. Often stuff like this happens. I mean, in vitro has been going along for a while. We know this is nothing new. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people will say, I want a boy or I want a girl. Now, how many of them are actually doing this out of some sort of trauma and may be damaged? I think that's the, the conversation we're having focusing on this particular couple and why they want this girl instead of a boy. Right. Because that's part woman, of it. That's part. I mean, yeah. there, there are, okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I mean, uh, outside <clears throat> of that, do you see an issue of a couple saying I want a boy or I want a girl? Well, yeah, of course, you know, designer kids is, is a, is an issue. It always, it has been, you know, uh, um, when you start, so, take China. China went into a one-child scenario. They, they, you know, men, one-child only policy. Okay. Then what they found was that people were um, getting rid of the girls. Uh-huh. So now they have a problem where they have a ton of men, but they don't have enough brides for them. So when we get into the, the, the concern moving down the road is, so that's one aspect of going into an IV clinic and specializing, uh, specifying a boy or a girl. Then there's the issue of, um, I want my, my um, donor to be this height, this IQ, this, uh, um, you know, have these features, have this qualifications, and so we then are now uh, allowing or inc- having the um, people pick the people who will be a part of our society. And so, and so yeah, that becomes an issue because um, there are a lot of things that could come out of that if we find that most people are asking for um, white babies 
with blonde hair as characteristics, then we're setting the idea that white hair and, and blonde is the standard. It is what society uh, needs. And so somebody in a hospital somewhere decides, well, you know, we've got some uh, um, Asian children with uh, dark hair, and they're not a part of that, what we believe is is acceptable. And so they're doing things to, to harm those children or to, to in, in, interfere in some way with that child development. And so, yeah, there, there is an issue there. And, and, I, and I'm, the examples that I'm using, I'm just trying to make them simple. But yeah, there is an, there is an issue with picking and choosing about your child. I understand that you're going to pick and choose um, your mate to have a child with. That's, that's an easy one. But in that instance, there are more than one set of characteristics that you can get from a single parent. Sure. So there is, there, there is some level of, uh, natural, I don't say natural selection, but there is some level of, but that's how nature has to work. Nature has to be, or nature works in that a man and a woman get together. You're not, so that's the minimum. But when you start, um, when you start, you know, screwing around with other aspects of that, then you're changing all of the natural, um, things that go into making up our society. Well, yeah, I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm just kind of curious about this though. If you mentioned designer kids, in other words, you want a certain preference in, in the child that you, that you bear, right. Or that you birth or the couple may want a certain preference, right? Okay. Is that, is that a bad thing? To if they want, want to, if they have a preference. I, I think, I think people normally have a preference. I don't think that, that having a preference oh, okay. is having a preference. Isn't the issue that, that, okay. okay but so, I, so that's the answer to your question. I don't think okay. preference is the issue. It's, it's how you, it's how you acquire that the children. That be, that is the issue. How you acquire? You mean as in adoption or something like that? You can or, adopt, right? You can adopt. You can, um, you can surrogate. Now, I mean, there's some there's a medical procedure to that, but if the if the surrogate mother was implanted with donated you know so the process then becomes where does where does this where does the egg originate where does the sperm originate and right. and that is one of the issues that that I'm talking about or that I, that I'm um highlighting so if if you're going to a clinic and you're saying I want a boy and uh -huh. they have to go through and pick out the sperm to fertilize the egg, to make sure it's a boy. And then they have to go in and check the DNA before they implant it. That's designer children. Okay. Is that not? I guess you could call it that. But I got a question on the, on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. Say a couple gets pregnant and then three, four, two, three months down the line, they decide, well, we don't want a baby right now. So they have an abortion. Mm -hmm. Is that any worse than the designer kids or is that? Well, if, they're, if, they're, if the abortion is, uh, she goes to the doctor, finds out that she's having a boy, she wanted a girl and she mm -hmm. has an abortion, wouldn't that be the exact same thing? 
Yeah, but what if she just didn't want the kid? Then I'm that has nothing to do with designing design a kid, kid, though, is it? Does it? Well, more or less. I mean, it's not what. Well, I don't want the kid, so. But that has nothing to do kid, with designer no children, does it? I mean, do you see them as the same? Well, I mean, it's. I'm. I'm thinking it's probably put in a sense of how you value that child. And you okay. Okay. So the so so the idea was designer children picking children based on sex and other characteristics, and so you brought in the process of abortion, right? And so and so what I'm asking is, how does the process of abortion factor into picking a child based on hair color, eye color, race, boy or girl, sex? You know, how does that factor into that well i think the comparison is how you value the life in general as opposed to you because you don't you may not even know what the characteristics of the child but you already made a decision that you don't want the child okay i i, I guess i don't i don't equate the two and, and i'm sure you know for some for you some way that that they they equate so it's going to be difficult for me to address that question because I, because I'm having a difficult time making the connection between the two. Is that Yeah, I'm just I'm saying uh if one child is valued over the other based on uh, certain characteristics and then one child is uh has no value based on the way you feel, I'm just making a comparison there that you don't want the child. Okay. Okay, I don't Okay, so, um, so I don't know. Okay, um, do you think that's a a comparison at all? You know, saying I don't, I don't, I don't. I think that takes the discussion in a different direction. Okay, um, because. On one hand, you're saying that you it's about valuing the child, and on the other hand, we're having a discussion about picking characteristics for your child. And I and I don't see how those two collide while I do understand um valuing a child. And I, I guess I guess right. I just don't see how how the Does discussion the child's of, life have as much value as any particular characteristic that you may or may not want. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't see how those are the same discussion is, is what okay. I'm saying. I don't, I don't see how that's the same discussion. All right. I, I see it on a different, right. I'm just looking at it from a different angle. Right. Right. And that's okay. And I, 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 I guess I don't, I have to admit, I don't see the connection. Okay. And, that, and that just means maybe I need to take some time and step away from it and look at it again to see the connection. Cause I'm not, I'm not seeing the connection. Okay. Okay. So, um, um, I don't, I, you know, I don't, um, uh, so some would say all life is equal. What does that have to do with child selection? Because you you say why why are you why are you selecting the child when it's a child? You're selecting the sex of a child. You're going to have this. You're going to have a pregnancy, and uh -huh. you're determining what the child looks like and other characteristics about your child before it is born. That has nothing to do with abortion. In fact, it's the opposite of abortion. It's having well, a child. Yeah, it, but you call it designer children. So I just thought that that was kind of like an idea of um, a different uh, different way to value a, a, a child. But yeah, you're right about the uh, the choosing of the sex and all. But I think once we get to that point where, where you... Uh, you brought up China, how they, they wanted to eliminate certain 
types of babies. That's that's the more the example I was referring to. Well, they had a one child policy. Right. And that that one child policy impacted how what kind of ba- children people wanted. And so the only connection to abortion was how those people, how how those people, how people in filling the one child uh, mandate chose to do it. And that was a side issue to picking boys over girls. And I was highlighting the fact that um, if, if we start having designer children, if people start picking, I want a boy, I want a boy, I want a boy, and more people picking, I want a boy, then we will have eventually, you know, if, if there are enough people that are having IVF, it's going to impact the balance of um, uh, male children versus female children. That happens naturally in natural birth, but it's not, it's not, we may get to a point where uh, we don't have enough female children. And then we may need to use in IVF to um, ensure that we start having more female children so that the race, so that the human humankind continues to move forward. Because if we don't have, um, if we're not having children, then mankind will die out. Why and did we, you say female children? Is that, that just an example you pulled out or do you, has it got something to do with? Just an example. Um, Oh, okay. Okay. Right. And so, and so, you know, are we at a, are we at a point right now? We have 8 billion people on the planet. Uh I don't think there's a panic that we don't have enough male children or we don't have enough female children. Okay. But the concern is, is that as we go down, if, if I'm able to walk into a clinic and say, I want a male child, What's to stop me from walking into a clinic and I want the child of a man who was a piano prodigy? I want a, I want a, I want a uh, um, child of a, uh, a woman that um, could fly. Just something outlandish, but just, you know, we start to um, make, we start to change the value of children. Well, I thought we were already doing that in the case with these sperm banks where uh, the the, uh, recipients would come in and they would be able to look at the profiles of the donors. Exactly. So we were already there. Exactly. And, and, and. Yeah, we're already at that point. Right. And, 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 and that's what I'm saying is that, you know, do, do we continue to go down that path? Do we go further down that path? Because we're there doesn't mean we can't reevaluate why, where we are and should we be there. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's going anywhere. You have a lot of people that can't have children. I, you know. Right. And there are multiple ways to, to get them. Um, but if you... You know, so so one of the solutions is, um, if if some if a, if a wife wants to, uh, uh, um, her husband can't have children. Uh-huh. He can't, you know, for some reason he can't have children, and they can't get, right. they can't get the necessary uh, genetic material or or you know whatever they use, the sperm, to, yeah, they to fertilize an egg with his sperm, and she wants someone close to, you know, like her husband, she wants a donor that looks similar to her husband, maybe some same, same genetic markers. And so the question then becomes, do we do that? Yeah, I I, I think we're doing it. It may be that. Okay. All righty. I think we're doing it. I mean, I'm, I understand that we're that we may be doing it, mm-hmm. but we're not talking about what we're doing. We're evaluating if that's somewhere we want to stay. Yes, we are doing it. 
but we, we are allowing people to kill each other. Do we stay there? Do we keep allowing people to kill each other? I don't see that stopping. We we don't like it, but we've okay. been doing it since we've been and on so the planet. I'm and not I'm not I'm not willing to say that's okay. I, that may be an sure, option for I, you. It's not an option not for okay. me. It's not okay, but okay. What, what, you know, I, I, we don't as individuals we don't have power. Okay. You know, I I think you have power. I think you know if you think that it's wrong. You know, every time you say that that's where we are, mm -hmm. there may be somebody that's going, yeah, he's right. That's where we are. And and that shows a resignation to accepting what is happening. But when you say, you know, that's going on and maybe we should do something about it. And here's a and here's my idea of a solution. That means you recognize that something is happening. You identify. um a potential solution and then you examine whether that solution is, is very, is good. It's something that should be put into place, but to just say it's, it's happening means it's, it's a resignation to that's where we are and that's, that's it. And, and that's okay. I mean, you, you know, do you? Yeah. I mean, I, I would like to see a lot of things change. Okay. I, and I'm hoping that you'll, share how we can get that change to happen. And, and that's what I, I'd like to see from you is share with me how we get those things changed. What do you see as the problems? So most of the time I identify things that I think either need to be looked at or that I think are a problem or, or at least should be questioned and then put it forth, you know, potential uh, ways to manage that or to uh, I, I truly identify if it is a problem. And, th and that's a part of, the, for me, a part of conversating, of having that conversation. Because if, if I yeah, don't. Well, I mean, we look at the problem. For example, let's look at the war with Putin. Putin decided to invade Ukraine. We know that was his operation. Everybody knows that. What is the solution? How do we stop it outside of war? Okay. I don't know what the solution is. Right. But but what, what would you like to see as a solution? I'd like to see them just stop and everybody get along. But I don't see a, I don't see that happening. Okay. So you don't see that happening, but you'd like for it to change. Uh -huh. Do you have another way to make that change? Well, I mean, United States could probably go nuke him. Okay. And we every half the world would be destroyed. So okay. I don't so think So that's, that's not an option. option. Nope. So is there another option? Well, we could have World War Three. God only knows how that would end up because like I said, if it goes to the nukes, it's gonna be right back there and you know, the world's gonna be destroyed. Okay. So that's probably not an option. Do you have another idea? No. Um do you think diplomacy? Do, do you do you think diplomacy might work? You mean what they're doing now, or they say they're? No, I mean you know there uh, a, a number of countries um, go in, talk to Putin, find out if there is something that they can do that would uh, that would stop him from warring with Ukraine. Well, that, that would probably be an option, but why aren't right. they doing it? So, well, let's 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 just rather than looking at why they're not doing it, now we know that we have an option. We have uh, diplomacy is an option. So, uh, so if diplomacy is an option, then how do we implement that diplomacy? So what nations are the ones that go over and talk to, to Putin? Do the nations that are his friends talk to him or the nations that are concerned that are that and that are not his friend go talk to him? So who's going to have more influence? I, I don't think his friends would have much influence because most of his friends are afraid of him. Okay. So and he has more power than them. 
Okay. So, so, um, so, so that is not for you an option. Other or, than, well, or it's maybe not a higher, higher option. It's possible that some people say he's friends with China. Mm -hmm. Now, so, what does so, China is, want? so, so, is there any reason to believe that China has influence with him? Yeah. Okay. So there's a possibility that if we could convince China to talk to Putin, that we might be able to get a faster solution. Possibility. Right. So is there yeah. any reason to believe that there is any way to talk to China to re to, to, to influence them? Well, if the, if the um, people that could do it would do it, it's possible. Very good. And so now we Why have. Why are they doing it? So now we have solutions. So now we have a set of uh, actions that we think we should we can put forward as a solution to the problem. And that's and that's all I'm trying to to do on the show is identify potential solutions, identify potential problems. Identify, identify, identify. Okay. And that's and that's that's what we that's what we can do at this point. Okay. Right? So we've identified the problem and now what? We we've just... identified in this case, we've identified the problem. In other cases, we identified what may be potentially a problem. Uh -huh. And that's all. We're having that that's that's what I think um a conversation's that's where you start. That's where things start, being able to talk to each other, being able to communicate with each other. And that's, and that's what I, I'd like to see is that um, a lot of times I, I think that um, we, we start with an idea and, and we kill it before we examine it. And so we have to examine ideas to see if they have potential to make things better. Okay. And that's all. Understood. Thank you. Well, I, I knew you would. I mean, we, <laughs> we, we talk all the time. So I, I know you get it. I know you get it. So I, you know, I, I'm not, I, you know, it's not that I don't think that you're there. It's just sometimes when we get on the show, um, you, you kind of dead end the conversation by saying, yeah, but that's what's happening. Okay, it is what's happening. But the whole yeah. point is we, we want to get away from what's happening to get to a place where it's not happening. And let's, so let's figure out some ways to make that happen. Okay, we're, we're going to talk like it's, like it's not happening or it's going no. to change. No, we are <laughs> identifying ways to, in, to, to cause change. To cause change. And that's okay. what we just did about um, Ukraine. We identified a way to cause change. That is exactly what we did. Now, whether it is workable or not, there still remains. There's things that need, after we've identified the idea, uh -huh. then we have to give it some legs. Then we have to put some work in. We have to do some investigating. We have to do some calls. We have to do, we have to do this, that, and the other and put things into motion. Once we put things into motion, then we evaluate the uh, our success and if we see that our success has stopped then we have to go back to the drawing board uh, or, and look at some of the other options because we don't just start with one option right. because we doom ourselves if we only have one option to solve a problem when that option goes bad then we have to wind up going back to the drawing board and starting from scratch but if we identify multiple options then uh, and then we evaluate each, each option for his probability of success. <clears throat> and we rank them. We got this one is most successful. This one is second most successful. This is third most successful. And we try our first option and it fails. Then at least we've got the two third and fourth options that we can turn to and not have to go all the way back to identifying potential options to solve the problem. Uh -huh. Fair enough. Well, yeah, options could change too down the line. That is absolutely about. correct. That is absolutely correct. In fact, they will change. Mm -hmm. What is, what is it? Uh, um, Murphy's law. 
whatever can go wrong will go wrong at the worst possible time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's not just blowing smoke, baby. That's reality. Just yeah, I think it's it's changing every day, and we can keep talking about it, but it's not looking good. But the fact that you're engaged and you're talking about it means there's a potential chance for for a solution because you can't come to a solution if you don't talk about it. Sure. All righty. We're out of here for today. We'll be back next right. week. Uh, thanks for joining me today, my friend. And thank you, everybody. Uh, and we we'll look right. forward to seeing you next time. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you. <laughs>